0: This is another episode of The Artistic Director. I am your host, Jacob Alexander Ferg. I am sitting here with a good friend of mine named Frank Tano.
1: Frank, how is life and things in general? Ah, uh, things in general, because it's on an average, are great. Okay. My own personal life, eh, it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> That could be like
0: a whole nother podcast Oh, that could be a
1: whole nother podcast (laughs) Uh, Recently, I I just moved um, Recently, almost a year now uh, I just moved back to Spokane After being away for three years And so I'm still, still settling
0: and we're, how long have you been in the house that we're currently sitting in right now?
1: Uh, we've been here since September. Okay. And for those who are listening to this way delayed, it is currently late April. Late April, yeah. And I think this will...
0: I'm not, you know, what, I'm not even going to say the date that this is going to come out. Because in previous episodes, I had estimated the date that it was going to come out. And those episodes aren't out right now. And it's way past the estimated date. It's
1: time travel made easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Frank, for the listeners who don't know you Can you give us a quick background of your improv history And when you have been artistic directors Or just just your improv history
1: Okay, improv history uh, started in Alaska With a troupe called Scared Scriptless And that was in early 2003 And I'd... uh, done what they had, uh, what was called a an open re- rehearsal. So basically they took their practice and just opened it up for everybody. Um, and I went and participated in that, had a good time. And then about a month later, I think, or two months, who knows? No one's going to check. Uh, they had uh, auditions and I went for that and I got into the troupe, I think partly on a diversity thing. Uh, so, and then moved from from Alaska to Spokane in two thousand uh, fall of 2003. So I wasn't with Scriptless very long. And found the Blue Door Theater, volunteered in their box office, took the classes, got absorbed into the troupe. And then at about either 2006, 2007 was when I really started to become more of a director. I think 2005, 2006, I was sort of like assistant or like an assistant to an assistant to a director. And then 2007, pretty sure that's when I became a co-director. And then shortly after that, the executive artistic director. And I was that till 2013. And then we moved to Bremerton on the west side of the state. And we were there for three years, and in that time I became involved with a small group of improvisers that we ended up calling ourselves Free Range Theater. And did one show with them. It was great. It was a perfect herald. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I've never seen that happen. <laughs> right. Before. And then and then moved back here. And now I'm back with the Blue Dark Theater. That's an interim art assistant director.
0: Did you audition for the Blue Door, or were you just sort of a... No, frame?
1: at that time, they did not do auditions. They recruited strictly out of the classes.
0: Okay, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting system that I'm sure we'll talk about later. But I want to start out... I, I started all of these interviews with the same question, because I'm curious, and it's a big, ambiguous question. I will preface this, answer it however you wish. But what would you say is your artistic direction?
1: <laughs> <laughs> even with the preface, yeah. I was not ready.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My artistic direction. So you don't even say improv. You just say artistic direction. Well, okay. I'll, I'll put some like little like asterisks on okay. like either
0: collaboratively or personally or if if you are assuming the role of an artistic director and you are leading uh people in what what is the direction?
1: What are mean? the mechanisms that I yes. serve as a director? Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. Oh. Excellent. (laughs) That's that's way more defined. Yeah, I love how ambiguous it like makes people stop. It's like because I thought I was like in life. This is when I was like, "What's your ten-year plan?" I don't know. No. Uh, All right. So I, in particular, with improv, I feel take what we do on stage. You step on stage with someone and you collaborate to build this thing. That's just as you go up the chain, it's just iterations of that continued on. So I'm doing hand motions and no one can see, but I do enjoy more of a collaborative uh, because again, it's, it's all of us trying to put on this show or to do this educational program or any of that. So to have just one person sit in a room at night, come up with all this and then say, everyone, this is exactly what we're doing. Doesn't, feel too authentic to me so i do prefer collaborate i don't i don't say like you know hey all 30 of us we all have an equal say that is just chaos so yeah. that's something that can happen but definitely input you know if if i had an idea for a show like here's the show let's try it and people aren't quite getting it, or people coming like you know what i'm having a problem with this part of the show that's great i love that um i i love having and an artistic team under me or, or a team of leaders under me that will question what I'm doing because you know we all see we all see everything that we do is perfect yeah. even though we some people say they don't but they're like no I'm totally right I'm to-, like, well no let's really go and, and recently things have come up that have challenged me where I've had to stop them. okay let's take a look and then I sit and do research I'm like no I'm okay <laughs> or oh that is let's open that up and like so I do feel a collaborative but I do also feel like a director should have the final deciding voice because if it's five people with varying different visions then the troop doesn't really know how it stands because they're like well someone says this someone says this they're polar opposites what do i do and you know we, we need to i keep using actually as an example and i should stop because it's so old but the crash bandicoot game <laughs> When the developers and this, you know, and now over time, this has changed, but when the developers first made that game, it was completely open world. No rails. You could do go anywhere. And what they found when they play tested it, nobody liked the game because they didn't know what to do. Oh, interesting. Even though they could do everything, they didn't know what to do. So once they gave a vision and put little bandicoot on some rails, which Programmability made it so much easier too. <laughs> People love the game. They're like, Oh, this is amazing. This is great. So, I mean, we need direction. Uh, yeah. I mean, eventually, a mass of chaos can create a pattern, but it's so much easier if you're like, this, this is kind of the pattern yeah. I want. And we make that. <laughs> yeah, pattern,
0: there's one chaotic element yeah. decides the pattern. <laughs> yeah when you have a group of people together, they all have their own artistic intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just talk about the the process of finding the middle ground between honoring what your artistic intention is as a director versus, and, and not even versus, but also alongside satiating everyone else's artistic needs. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes, it does. Okay.
1: It does. It does. In particular with the blue door, uh, because we have one, which is great. And I encourage everyone to have one. Um, we have a mission statement, which is to, uh, support theater and the performing arts, uh, improv and in the performing arts through innovative education and entertainment. So every time a decision comes up or a show or something, I look at that. I reference, I go, like, is this serving what our mission statement is? And so if someone who I'm working with has an idea that doesn't serve that, then I feel like that's a closed, we can't really work on it. If they have something that's interesting, but not quite what I feel is the direction for a show or a class, I'll tell them develop it into something else. Like, you know, that sounds like a different show. Let's work on that as a different show and we can have that. And I, I, I mentioned a lot. Um, used to have a show called short stacks, oh, yeah. which for me as a director was the best gift ever. Because someone would come and like, hey, I really want to do this thing where we just improvise with paper bags. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Write it up. We'll try it at short stacks. And if they're interested in the project, really, they'll present it to me. If they're not, It goes away. I don't have to expend any extra energy on
0: it. And Short Stacks, just for the listener, was, if if I'm correct, it was a series of about 10 to 15 minutes? 10 to
1: 15 minutes.
0: And it was just, yeah, essentially ideas that the community... Did did it have to be part of Blue Door or could it be anyone?
1: Um, It was set up to be part of Blue Door. Short Stacks kind of fulfilled two purposes. One, try out all this weird experimental stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Two, to give a uh, player's ownership in things like, oh, I made that paper bag show, you yeah. know? Uh, three, uh, players who weren't quite – because we did it at a lower ticket price because, again, it was super experimental and weird. Uh, players who weren't quite ready to join our main shows could perform – in short stacks to get that experience of being on the stage in front of audience. Cause it's very, it's different. I mean, I, I still say like there's no difference between practice and a show, but there is a difference. There is, yeah, there's at the very least, there's a psychological difference mm. and to, to, to get that in there. So that's short. I love short stacks. Um, I'm sad to see it not there anymore. Uh, we have something that's kind of a cousin to it now, nerve damage. So if, yeah, if someone has something that's interesting that I see value in but doesn't fit with what I have, I think it's still worth nurturing and developing it into something. Now, if it's policy disagreements, that's a whole nother kettle of fish.
0: Yeah, yeah. How uh, if someone is adamant about uh, a policy disagreement? Is there, I mean, is it just bringing the hammer down at a certain point and say, "I am the artistic director"? or Is there? Would you say it's go up against them or? Review the policy or maybe a little bit of both.
1: It's it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you're, you're reviewing the policy. Make sure that what you're doing is true to the policy or what they're doing is true or untrue to the policy. Ludor, if it's functioning at full capacity, typically has an artistic director and at least two assistant directors and an educational director. So between the four, ideally a decision can be made. Uh, compromise, or just say, no, we flat out can't have, you know, players performing naked shows, whatever it is, yeah. you know. Um, and then if that doesn't get resolved, we fortunately have a board of directors that we can then reference to. Our policies should be clear enough that we can figure this out without anybody, you know, storming off and breaking our nice big picture frame windows (laughs) which is it's a fear that i have continually that our giant picture windows facing the street are gonna get shattered by someone who's upset (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like you were talking from experience no did someone smash the window it's just one of frank's danger hypotheticals (laughs) i see i see you were
0: uh, how many years were you this it was like three or four right
1: to the artistic group of the Blue Door, yeah. No, um uh, about six or seven. Six or seven, okay. Depending well. <laughs> on when you figure out the start date is, I don't know what my original start date is. That's.
0: <laughs> I don't know. But so the Blue Door is an all volunteer theater. Yes. Five hundred
1: one C three.
0: Five hundred one C three, and that means you get a lot of different experience levels yes. of, of improv. How have you gone about managing? When someone is at the level, sort of the short stacks level of not quite ready to be on main stage, or maybe they're they're on main stage, but they're not quite at a long form proficiency. Is there a way that you have managed that? And is there a way that you have found that you can sort of nurture people up to the next tier of performance?
1: Yes. I have a big bucket of things I try. (laughs) Um, Like literally a bucket? No, it's not literally a bucket. Like a metaphor. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bucket that sits next to the danger glass window going to break. It's in in my head. I evolved and grew into my my leadership and my directorship. You know, I only started improv in 2003, and that was short form. And then to be put in a leadership role three years later yeah, wow. of a long form troupe? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> when 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 you know life happened for all the other directors and they took off and I was sort of last guy standing, and they're like, No, we believe you. I lose Laura. Like she goes, No. I see the passion and the care you have for this place. I think you'll be okay. For that first year, it was nothing but I hope I don't tank this place. I hope I don't tank this place. Yeah. I hope I don't tank this place. I tried a bunch of different things. Uh, you know, first year was pretty much just trying to maintain everything that was going on, which was fairly easy because it was the people that I had played with since forever. But then once we had that first audition and got in new people that I was part of choosing solely and not the directors that were before me, that's when it was like these these people are your responsibility yeah. you know for all intents and purposes they're your kids now and you've got to to take care of them the blue door theater while it's it's partially interesting we're a learning theater um, i i use the and it's not a perfect example but i use the example of the those haircutting academies where you can go and pay them to get your hair cut <laughs> yes, yeah. but but they're not like Oh, I, I work at this official place, <laughs> you know, like you know? um, so, I mean, and that's not to you know, cause some people think about that and they're like, Oh, is that the quality of your improv? No, our improv is very great. Uh, <laughs> no. But, but it's anyway, We're, we're a learning environment, which was different from free range. And I think, I think I'll bridge to that in a moment. Uh, we're, we're a learning environment theater. So yes, we do put on a professional product, but we also are in charge of fostering and creating improv in people that we take on. So. You have to balance all those skill levels. And I, I believe that, and I've seen it. I saw it once and I was like, oh, this is what it means. Where there was a, a someone who, one week of improv experience, played with someone who we all revered, was like, this person really knows their improv. And they did a scene together. And it was one of the best scenes I'd ever seen. Because the listening and the cooperation that was happening was fantastic. And that less experienced player learned something. So when I have players who, you know, are seasoned, say junior or senior year players, uh, say like, oh, why is so-and-so on the troop? They're just, they don't, they don't listen. They don't say, Well, help them listen. Like, let's try and grow. So that's one method. Like, try and have some sort of mentorship occur. Another method separate workshops and classes that are like, okay, this is, you know, this is going to just be for these folks here. We're going to really drill into these, these fundamentals that everyone else kind of knows. And and so we're going to work on you really get you built up. So you're not frustrated when you're seeing going like, I can't, I don't know what to say in this scene. I don't have it. say, let's work with you and get yeah. that. Another thing that happened a lot in my later years was one-on-ones me taking on that role of them really wanting to work on it and and that wasn't me saying you come well no i'll let's scratch that that wasn't me saying you come here uh, i want to i want to uh, fix you no Um uh, oftentimes it was people coming to me and going like hey i really need help with this and then if they seem genuine they're like, all right great do you want to stay an hour after practice and work on stuff they're like yeah let's do that so I did that. And sometimes it would grow to like two or three. And again, it became kind of its own separate little workshop. Uh, there were times where like some people were so close, those people who were close, but not quite there, uh, for cage match. I would say, Hey, let's be a cage match team. And then we would practice separately and they would do amazing cage match. And then that transferred into. the other thing so that would be a case of me going hey you come here <laughs> but i didn't say like uh i need to shore you up it was just like you know if they listen to this they'll know but i doubt they will because uh, <laughs> they don't listen to podcasts but yeah it's just, it's just like um yeah let's look at this you know let's let's work this um and then there there are times when it's beyond performance when it's the thing that's stopping them is something else that i am not qualified to deal yeah. with um uh, laura who was the artist director before me she had a degree in it She was fantastic and i, I keep thinking i should probably get that degree <laughs> but was it uh, like
0: psychology yeah, or something mm-hmm. like that okay
1: but no i've i've had times where i've spent three hours after practice with a player just listening to them having them bear everything and then doing my best just to be a friend and helping them out yeah, yeah so so that's i mean that's all the stuff it takes it's there's never one answer. Gotcha. There's just never. Because, again, of the eclectic nature. Jim, my partner, is pointing out, he's like, you know, I look at the blue door, and it's it's a bunch of people who, if it wasn't for this, would never hang out with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I, I have a
0: friend back in Bellingham who says that every, well, he's just talking about um, the theater in Bellingham particularly, but I can, I will personally extrapolate it to almost every improv theater is just a group of misfits that figured out playing pretend is super fun. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, let's mash them all together. Would you, I want to go way back uh, to year one, Frank, yes. would you now, what advice would you now give first year artistic director? Wasn't playing on being artistic director, all the other artistic directors sort of dissipated into dust and he, now there's year one Frank just left by himself what advice, what kernels would you wish that you could now tell that person to guide him uh, into being an artistic director
1: most effectively three things okay <laughs> make eye contact <laughs> <laughs> really though make like, eye contact bullet points or ellipses whatever I'm at yeah reason why reason why to make eye contact when I would stand in front of the group and do announcements or 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 <laughs> state like this is the show that we are going to do no eye contact yeah. I would look yeah. up I would look down I was like so make eye contact okay yeah that's great second make a decision <laughs> <laughs> I love how basic these are. These yes. are actually brilliant. Yeah. You're the artistic director. Yeah. You're allowed to make decisions. <laughs> so yeah. make them. Don't try and waffle and please everybody. At the time, I think there were 12 of us. Uh, all, you know, don't try and please all 12. Make the decision. They will follow you. Uh, and and the oh, I had the third one. What was the third one? Yeah, you
0: very confidently said three things. I, know. I was like, I
1: was oh like, wow, these are like yeah. eye contact. Eye contact. Make it this those are the first two, and then the third one was like a say like oh yes, uh um, yeah yes, um, oh, ask for help <laughs> you know laura offers she's like i'm I'm here if you need me, come to me and i I rarely did I rarely did the only times I did were like those three hour conversation ones it was like and then that that was like in year three was like you know laura I got you know, what's what should I do what should I do or when players like you know Again, the mixed thing, like, oh, we got this person who barely knows yes, and why are they in our troop? Like, Laura, how did you balance all of this? So, yeah, uh, eye contact, make a decision, and ask for help. Um, that Those those would be the three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think a lot of artistic directors get the role in, in improv specifically, but they get the role in a similar manner to how you got it, where it's sort of, the current artistic director for whatever reason is going, is moving or just removing themselves from the artistic director role. And they have, um, they're just, now I'm the artistic director. And I think using the people, using the board of directors and using the people that are already there is so beneficial because they know what's happening. Mm -hmm. They know what actually like has been done in the past. And that was, um, Adam, who came in and was the artistic director after you, who is the first episode of this podcast, uh, said that when he he got on, the board of directors decided the shows for him for the first year. And that was, he didn't like that at first, but then in hindsight, it's, you know, using those helping guidelines is something uh, that is very nice. That's just, that statement's going to just fade into nothingness.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have like a fourth one that doesn't quite fit. Only because it's like super hindsighty. What's the fourth one? Though. The fourth oh, one the fourth is, one. And, and maybe it tags into like the ask for help, depending on like what you're asking about. Start identifying and grooming your replacement. So then that avoids, hopefully, the make eye contact, make a decision. Cause that person already knows those things. Yeah. Because that, cause I had to leave Blue Door rather quickly. Um, because Jim got a job on the West Coast. So we were like leaving and I thought I had at least another year because I knew he was looking for other jobs because he, he wasn't too thrilled with his current job. Situation. So I was like, okay, I have a year to like groom a replacement. And then suddenly was like, Oh, I have a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, nope. So yeah, I mean, I think that, and I, I, I mean, I don't know about other troops, but it, at least in Blue Door, I know that it's never really been something that's on someone's radar to like identify and groom replacements.
0: I'm curious what you think about the idea of having people who are not the artistic director direct specific shows, because that from my understanding, that wasn't typically if ever what happened at the blue door when you were in charge. Uh, And that's something that is starting at the blue door kind of, do you think that's good to teach all of the cast members how to direct shows or do you need to really, I mean, you obviously need to know who's going to actually be able to pull their own weight as a director. Do you think that's an effective way to groom the next director coming up?
1: It certainly should be open to a possibility as part of that. Um, I feel it really does depend on the skill level of that player. If a player, let's just use hypotheticals. We just had auditions. We So let's say someone we took from audition uh, in December now comes to me and says, you know, and I'm not the artist director, but if I were, like, comes to me and says, hey, I've been sitting on this idea for a show for, like, forever. And they pull it out, and it's an improvised additional season of the show Alf. Okay. (laughs) And for some reason, I'm, wonderful like, hypothetical. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, because and then they go out to their car and they pop open their trunk and they have like a full elf puppet and they bring it out. <laughs> this this is my brain. Yeah, this <laughs> is not, <laughs> deep right? into the psyche. <laughs> Obviously. And let's say I'm super jazzed at the potential. Okay? Of this, yeah. okay? I'm like, this is marketable yeah. in Spokane, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> And then we get political about illegal aliens, and we really all over it. But, so I'm like, yes, you obviously know a lot about ALF because you got this damn thing yeah. in your yeah. trunk of your car, right? Yeah. And then they pull out the Burger King, like, Happy Meal. That's not Burger King, but, like, Burger King, I think it was Burger King, had, like, disposable vinyl discs that played music, and they came with tiny little ALF puppets. Oh, my God. Mine was cooking with Alf. So it was Alf with a little chef's hat and a little apron. I don't even remember what the song. I just remember cooking, cooking, cooking with Alf. That's all I remember. So anyways, And that might not even be real. Just so, uh, sh- leave me alone. <laughs> this
0: hypothetical, scenario. okay? Anyway, okay, my okay, point okay, is so, yeah. this
1: person knows. <laughs> A heck yeah. ton about Alf, Yeah. right? They could probably name off the episodes in order. Yeah. You know, you could probably say, where was the episode where we finally get to see Rhonda? And you would yeah. be like, oh, it was this one. They're Alfredi. So Alf, they're like, ready. Alf, Alf ready. Maybe not ready to direct a show. In that situation, I would say like, okay, great. Here is so-and-so. They will help you direct this show. So now we've got a co-directorship thing. Yeah. So we got one person who knows material and basically now acts as a consultant. To get it, make sure we have this theme down and the tropes. And another one who's like, "I know improv, and this is how we can make this happen." Yeah, that seems perfectly fine. That
0: actually sounds brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lifting both people. Exactly. up.
1: Exactly. You know. And and I feel like if if we went more general, I was like who's who could direct a show? I would say, well, who's able to teach improv? Who are our trainers and our trainers? Easily could direct a show, I feel. Yeah. Uh, but any player just directing a show, that's where I get a little worried because yeah. like, how good are your, your vision? How, so either the direct, the artistic director has to, or a trainer has to like co-direct with them. But I think it's, it's great. And again, it gives them more, more leadership, gives them more investment. And if they excel at it, you're like, Oh, there's a potential candidate to be a new trainer or a new assistant director or whoever we need. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah.
0: The Blue Or just had auditions How did yes. they go by the way?
1: They went alright uh, There were seven hopefuls None of them shy Which is great I always get worried at an audition where there's that, that one that's like, oh, you're, you're the little runty puppy. Yeah. You're not, t- oh, you look so miserable. Oh. I remember there was one person in particular <laughs> who did multiple
0: Blue Door. I don't remember their name or anything about it. I just remember it. it's like, you're so shy every time you come I in know. here.
1: Um, so, no, it was great. It was, it was seven people who were very gung ho. Great. Um, yeah um, And then I had a lovely meal afterwards So For these people uh, Who
0: are coming into the Blue Door If you were the artistic director What would be optimal Things for these new members To bring to the table To make your job as the artistic director uh, As easy As smooth as possible yeah. what, what do you look for in new members That shows a lot of promise
1: Eye contact Make a decision <laughs> <laughs> So Ask for help.
0: help. So just be the artistic director. Just yeah. come, like, come in with the. A-
1: no, um, we've we've changed who we take in auditions. Early Blue Door years, there was a very good chance that if we saw potential in you, okay, we would take you. We would then allow you to take a – you would get a scholarship to do the classes for free because we paired the classes and the auditions together. And then at the end of that, if you showed progress, we would bring you into the troupe. And we did that for the longest time. At that point, though, the troupe was fluctuating between 12 to to 20 at its most people, give or take. And we had a number of people in the troupe who were like, well, we got these five people who aren't show ready and they've been with us for a year. But it was like, but we learned their names and we hug them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, it's so hard to, to make say, a no. decision.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, though. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's, you you mm-hmm. kind of have to be a little bit of a cold, unfeeling asshole yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And
1: so I think I think that also lent itself a lot to me doing those those three-hour sessions. Man, because again, like, I've... I've allowed this situation to happen and it's my responsibility. So let's see if I can really invest in these people and get them going. And I think with the exception of one, and that's one, maybe, um, I got them to a point where they were performing in shows and they were, they were all right. Um, so, but what, yeah, a new person coming in, I'd say now we're taking people who we feel Inside of a month, they will be ready for our stage. And that's not to say they're not ready for a stage now. Yeah. But that's to say just so we can bond and figure out how each other play and so we can play well on stage together. Yeah. So that has changed. So so now if someone come in, I would just say, you know, um don't be don't be an asshole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um don't think because it's very likely that someone coming in will be of a higher caliber than somebody who's already inside the troop so don't be a jerk to that person don't think you're better than that person uh, and at the same time the person who's been in the troop longest but maybe doesn't have all the skills don't think you're better than the other person just because yeah, they yeah. showed up i just just be be decent and again ask if something doesn't feel right if you make, and it's happened once the decision A blue door took me, and now that I'm here, I don't think this is the right fit to say like, "Hey, uh, I don't think this is gonna work great thank you uh, mm. if if things change, let well, us know that can, person can can to, yeah um yeah they they was like this isn't this isn't quite what I was expecting, this is not what I was looking for, and like okay, great. That's fantastic. That's, yeah. Very... Instead of just being there and then being this negative thing that grew and grew and grew. Yeah. They were like, no, they self-selected.
0: Phew, away. It's very conscientious yes. of the person. Yes, right? Wow. right. Right. That's amazing.
1: Right, right. Well, there's a reason why we took them in auditions. Yeah. <laughs> we saw something, but yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't the right fit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would say, yeah, just get to know people. I mean, it's, it's, general like when you move into a new community what should you do it's the same kind of thing you just moved into our community um i'm just you know looking looking for you to i guess i should say like ultimate pet peeve you're here don't think you're here only to play in a show (laughs) don't don't think that's why yeah uh it would be amazing if you i don't know Help sweep the stage, or or volunteered in the box office, which is part of your requirement coming yeah. in. Uh, but also like on a night when you're there and they need help in the box office, uh, help them in the mo- like just more of an investment than than just there to play. You're not just a performer. You're not just a performer, and and you're there to grow. I guess because again, we're we're a learning institution. Um, don't think I'm perfect improviser. Here I am. Woo. I don't need yeah. to know anything. Ooh, I don't need to do it all. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Well, come to practice twice a week. No, I don't need, I mean, twice, twice twice, a month. I don't need to do that. I don't need to come once to know the format. Yeah, yeah okay, got it. Good. <sighs> now, you'll see me when you see me. Like, uh, yeah, just. How just, do you uh, deal with
0: those people? I, I, this is actually a question. This was my explanation, exclamation turning into question. How do you deal with those people? Because they have been in the blue door and I've experienced them, I would say, across the board in some way, shape, or form with. Every time I've, if, if I've been prolonged interacting with an improv group for a while, hmm. typically there are one or two personalities who I can, you know, I guess, judgmentally identify that you think you are the improv shit and that because you've achieved this goal, you no longer are responsible for increasing your skill level. How do you deal with those people?
1: Okay. Uh, there, there, I have, I have experimental ways that I have yet to try okay so <laughs> like hypothetical like, like, like in theory this could work yeah does um, it involve an elf puppet does not involve oh, an <laughs> elf <laughs> puppet there's one I did try and it's it's terrible <laughs> and then and then there's the way that on paper literally on paper it should be done <laughs> wait, 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 what's the one that you tried
0: that's terrible though that's
1: uh I used their egos against them.
0: Oh, no. Okay, so this is like pure full-on psychological manipulation.
1: So, had a player who wasn't that good. Well, I would say wasn't that good, but just was less experienced. And another player who thought their stuff was the bomb diggity. <laughs> so what I would do is start every time that less experienced player, which was good them um would do something that either showed growth or just something that was like that's good improv praise awesome yeah. praise awesome praise uh, and then like kind of ignored
0: the other one oh yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the dog tactic yes. like if you want a dog yes. to behave, behave you just don't pay attention yep, to it
1: kind of kind of the other one and then, and then the other like hey wait what about, what about me? What about me? and then and then eventually They're like, we're coming like, how come you're praising? So I said, well, they're doing this and this is maybe you should talk to them. (laughs) So they would talk and then it started to work and then it never really got past, but like at least some bridge was made. The best way on paper is just make sure you've got policies that are clear in place and that you enforce them. I mean, the Blue Door Theater, when I was running it as the artist director, had a player's contract. That contract said, like, must you know obey the attendance policy. And this is what, in in small form, the attendance policy was: have to be at practice two times a month. Well, there was actually a more complicated one that had like practice hour credits. But anyways, <laughs> you, have to be at uh, you have to go to two practices a month. And one of those practices would even be like if we did a special Saturday workshop that could also count. Okay. Because again, we're we're an all volunteer nonprofit, so we understand people have jobs, lives outside the theater. We we're not we're not a job. You know, we can't say you require these are mandatory meetings. We can't really do that. Really. Yeah. So so at least two practices a month, and that way there there should be enough coverage. That one practice could be a format practice, and the other is our, our skills practices that we do. Like here's this new improv concept we learned about. Let's let's mess with it, um, and then be available, not necessarily performing in, but at least sign up and be available for two shows a month. And that was what we required. If people weren't making that like a month goes by and then we we fudge to like an average over two months, if you weren't at approximately two practices and weren't signing up for shows, then that becomes a discussion. Hey, Jake, we noticed you haven't been at practice for two months. What's going on? Then we can find out. Oh, my gosh. I just, you know, I I was hiking and I got stabbed by a bush. And now uh, I've got some sort of bacterial infection because rose thorns carry bacteria. I didn't know that. And now I'm in the hospital. I'm sorry. I should have checked in. Oh, Fantastic. When do you think you'll be available to come back? Oh, in a month. Great. And now we have that down, and that's perfect. Uh,
0: I like your germaphobe germopho- your right. sneaking through.
1: In <laughs> <company>. <laughs> um, or, hey, Jake, you haven't been in practice a couple months. What's going on? Oh, yeah, I just haven't been coming. Oh, well, that's something. Like, Okay, well, you know what? You, you do need to come. It's in your contract. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to observe you for a month and in or a couple of months and see, you know, if there's any improvement in attendance. Okay, fine. And if it does, great. Awesome. Yeah. Someone just needed to be nudged. Like, hey, remember you signed up for this organization. Yeah. You should yeah. do that. Um If that doesn't improve, then we're like, now we can start taking some action. And like, all right, you know what? You haven't. So, uh, because again, because we're a non-profit, we are a nonprofit, we do not get paid. But um, if we get hired for an outside gig, we do pay our performers to do that. So, I'm sorry, you're not eligible to do any outside gigs anymore until your attendance approves. And also our main stage Friday show, our long form show, you're not eligible to play in that. Yeah. Well, you're not at practice. And it's not a punishment, but it's if you're not cohesing cohesing. Yeah. That's, that's, if you're not you're not cohesing with the group, <laughs> then you could possibly a detriment on stage because maybe we just learned these two new cool edits that we're using in this show that yeah. you don't know about, and then someone does it and then you miss it. And now that's created a hurdle, a challenge in the show that yeah, we can probably turn into something awesome. But That's why are we working so hard against ourselves? Yeah. You know, so that's, that's one way. Um, but if you also got a player who's just coming to practices and not signing up for shows, then why, why are you here exactly? (laughs) You know, and the same thing, if you're just up for shows, but not coming to practices, and then, you know, if you have a player, you know, that, that solves the attendance thing. But again, those players who think they're, they're too cool for, for anything. Um, that's hopefully what the player reviews are about. So we have, you know, a review session player comes in you got the artistic team you're like all right here's a review of your progress what's going on you know and then you just tell it we'd like to see you try something more or try something grow that's just my style like well okay but we're not seeing much of a future now for you in in shows like there are other shows we want to do and if you're not willing to grow into them then i don't know you know like welcome to our short form show only that's what we're gonna put you in and then some of them self-select at some point, some of them get so frustrated, like, ah, I just want to play, but, oh, we spend so much time doing these skills things and stuff, and again, it goes down to, like, because there's these five players we just took on who don't know improv like I do, and then they just, they disappear. The fire consumes yeah, itself. They, yeah, they disappear, then it becomes the, hey, you haven't been at practice in six months, what's going on? Oh, nothing, like, okay, great, well, you're not in troop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make a decision!
0: <laughs> yeah, make <it> a <laughs> decision! The player reviews is an interesting thing. Doesn't happen in every troop. Uh, Blue does it, and I think it's. Uh, I personally think it's a very effective way. I have heard tale of sometimes people react very negatively to player reviews. Yes. I think there's an understanding that when you go to a player and you're like, okay, we're having player review for everyone. It is in a place of wishing for. Everyone on the troop to grow. If people are reacting very negatively to just a personal review that's going to negatively impact the, th- the theater, is there a way to approach personally reviewing someone that will is tried and true, will always uh, not offend their egos? That answer is no, but talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right.
1: This has been something that I've, I don't want to say actively developing, but has developed and evolved for me in how reviews are done. Because, yes, everybody reacts differently. Yeah, um, Some people take it as personal attack. <laughs> and, and that's always like, oh, those are the reviews I hate giving. <laughs> it's yep. like, oh, I know this person always takes this person. I like the word malice. Um, and I, I like just prefacing, you know, like, look, none of this is done out of malice. All right. Okay. We both love improv. We are both trying to reach the same goal of an amazing scene and surprising ourselves with what we make and these are things from the outside that we see the majority of bad review reactions that i've seen have been from we do we do reviews every 6 months so it's how come i'm just hearing about this now what 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 <laughs> so that <laughs> that That's easy enough to fix. Best practices would be, and I'm a fan of it, and some people aren't. And again, it's another topic of discussion, side coaching. Like, is this coming up in practice? Yeah. You know? Are they hearing about this frequently enough so that when it's time for the review, it's not a sudden smack, boom. You play too many dominant characters, work on your characters who are a little more submissive in scenes, a little more low profile, a little more low status. like, Otherwise, I don't know what we're gonna do with you. What? How come it works? You know, um but again you could tell them that forever and if they're that type of person who suddenly it seems like new information. Um either either it comes up side coaching during practice or it comes up, you know, after practice. Hey Bob, come over here for a moment. Yeah, tonight you did some good stuff but it's, it's that same sort of dominant play position. So maybe let's try and challenge ourselves being a little more versatile and trying lower status stuff. You know? And again, making sure you're making those those touch points. Yeah. Touching them, not touching them, but uh, you know, content and <laughs> you know, letting them know and giving them those sort of like micro review feedbacks. So it doesn't feel like one big blow
0: at, mm-hmm. during the play yes. review itself.
1: And then they will always, always ask for an example yeah. so it's best as a director to document a few examples yeah
0: come preloaded yeah
1: just so that you can say all right well in this particular situation this big situation otherwise you know you're left with like well it's the the idea and it's like well give me a specific example yeah. and then maybe you know if it's one weird thing um they they have a response like oh you know why i do that it's because my father abused me. And that's why I have this problem. Like, oh, okay, well, that's not for us. Yeah, that's the <laughs> three hour. But, that's Laura. But now I understand why you do it. Yeah. So let's, that's like, is there a way we can work with that? Yeah, But that's... you know, it's, I definitely feel like giving them constant feedback, not okay. necessarily as a formal review, but at least something so they know, and you can watch them try and go at it. And then if you're giving them feedback enough that constantly you can try, like if they don't get it the first time, you can try giving it a different way and a different way and a different way. So you've got like these these multiple ways of trying to convey this information as opposed to, again, one sit-down meeting in the green room, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flanked by two other directors, all looking at that other person yeah. and going, we think you need to smile more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but I've thought about
0: this idea quite a bit also and I think it's these people who react negatively they take the no- they take their quality of improv and equate it to their quality of person mm-hmm. so how good they are and they've they've almost uh, inadvertently and this is maybe presumptuous but I'm going to presume they've almost inadvertently attached how good of an improviser they are to how good of a person they are is there a way to foster a culture that can dismantle that connection or is that so specific to those people that it's almost, that'd be going so far out of your way to try to fix them?
1: Yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not qualified enough myself to maybe Laura could, uh, but the, the, the problem, it's a systemic problem because we all have it to some degree as improvisers. This is such a personal craft. I mean, every decision you make on that stage, you're pulling internally from you. Yeah. It's part of Yeah. So that's why it's so difficult. That's why some people, yeah, take it as like, like, well, that's, that was the choice I made. Well, I'm not like, you know, faulting your choice, uh, which was a a difficult thing for me to come, come to this, like, you know, like any choice. Like, so, so I try now when I side coach, you know, just as a side, like, you know, Oh, they should, they should really get in that, that pancake batter. They should know that that's my choice. So instead I should like make a choice. There's a bowl of pancake batter. Do whatever you need. Like whatever. Just like, you know, like she just said she loved you. You know, just remind them that, oh, that's that's something I should that's, do. Yeah. And whatever they do, whether they reciprocate that love or they deny that love, but just make that choice. So I'm not, you know. Because it's personal. It's personal. So I don't think there's a way, for, especially for those people who have let it consume them so much. And I think the only way to do... I guess there is a way. Okay. And a way is to say, stop doing improv for a year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go do something else right yeah. now. So you can learn that you have more value than being yes and, if then, on the stage. Stop it. Yeah. So that would be the... And, yeah, go, go take up toilet paper roll crafting. Do some yarns of toilet paper rolls. I mean
0: I have heard the best thing an improviser can do to make themselves better improv is not improv. Is do other things in your life that don't relate to improv and I think we've both met the people and I I wouldn't say that I was kind of this person when I was a little bit younger where it's like the, your life is just centered around this idea of improv and there's really nothing else interesting happening in your life. And those other interesting things are what you can pull into improv to make it seem interesting. Uh, again, that idea is just going to fade away. Oh, before
1: it fades away, Okay, great. Oh, uh, great. players who think they're too cool to learn anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So other things. Find someone who is better than them. Or a group that is better than them. This
0: is a psychological manipulation. Uh,
1: yes, again. And, and either have them perform with them in a special show or have them see them perform. And it's worked on the Blue Door. Uh, Blue Door, you know, we were pretty good, pretty good. But then, uh, we had instant theater from Canada come to a workshop with us and then they performed in an exhibition, uh, cage match. And we'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, And a lot of the players were like, holy crap, I can't do that now, but I want to do that. Yeah, it's humbling. Yeah, and boom, accelerated the nut. And then the other other thing I tried, my third year as director. So first year was like, holy crap, holy crap, don't tank, don't (laughs) tank. Second year was, oh, okay, it didn't tank. I think we can do this, guys. We got it, we got it third year was like all right guys we're not as good as we think we are so that's it so my third year was like the true start of here's this format that really flexes a skill we don't use here's this other format that flexes a skill we don't use and so that everybody's trying these new things because if you want to perform then you better learn how to do this format and it and it worked Ooh, uh, some people are like oh this is this is great This is you know some of them were like oh this format's not as strong as it could be but again just like as a director, you know, especially in a learning instrument, like start challenging your players, and that was the other thing. Players get bored, and if they get bored, they stop learning. So keep changing things up on them. Keep changing things up. On cool. Them. So nice. yeah, that was it. That, that was the other thing. I
0: no, this, uh, this actually transitions into an idea of um, notes are always a tricky thing, especially post show oh, yeah. notes. Yes. Um, I am of the opinion and. People agree and disagree with me
1: that no one agrees on notes. Either, yeah, so. no, no, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I think that uh, the artistic director should be the primary giver of notes. Um, I, I'm curious what you think about the appropriate fashion. And let's just say a hypothetical uh, five people just get up, got off stage. Uh, they're in the green room. They're reviewing the show. What do you think is the appropriate way to undergo a note-taking process? And you can use it in general or at the Blue Door specifically if you want.
1: I, I am probably not the best one to, to give opinion on it because whether it's my cultural background or my genetic background or just my low self-esteem, <laughs> I welcome any kind of negative criticism.
0: From uh, anyone to anyone? Or well, or no, in person, I, I'm, okay. I'm starting at a base level. Okay. I I, I, yes, 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 yes. yes. yes, yes.
1: Um, um, because I understand and I accept, again, none of this should be coming out of malice. Now, that is not true for some people who give notes. Some people have vendettas. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> but, um, but I believe that if someone tells me, Frank, you weren't seeing the edits, then I'm like, crap, I better start. Figuring out why I'm not seeing these edits. Or if I'm like, ah, no one noticed I was eating an ice cream cone. No, that's not what happened. What happened was I wasn't clear enough that I was eating an ice cream cone. Right? So, so I, I take it like, like, all right, you know what? Yeah, this is, that's on me. That's on me. I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. Um, the same, you know, I have a hard time taking compliments. So I prefer to <laughs> So, so I think I just did it in a recent show where someone was like, Oh, that thing you did with you. I was right. It's like, Well, honestly, I don't know if I initiated that. Like I said, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I did when I think back, but I'm like, I'm not sure I initiated. I just copied something that I probably did initiate. So, so I don't mind notes being a complete tear down. I don't mind that. A lot of people do. Um, but there are other people I know who like, 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 uh, Philip, uh, Kapsinski, he loves it. He's like, don't cushion anything for me. Give it to me. Yeah. Give it to me hard. <laughs>
2: uh, mm. <Hey>. uh, so, <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> but I do understand that other people aren't like that. Yeah. So, well, notes. Uh, in the old days of Blue Door, notes used to just been like that whole bucket of everything. After I read, uh, there's a blog, The House at Dell Built by Rachel Klein. Okay. She had a thing on notes. Like, here's what notes should be. And again, it was part of that, like, don't coach the choice. Just give them the choice. So notes shouldn't be like, um, no one saw me eating that ice cream cone. Notes should be like, everyone pay attention to their miming. Some things weren't clear. For example, the ice cream cone. Like, specific should be used as examples. Because, again, there's probably never going to be another ice cream cone in another show for, like, months. Yeah. So never, like, note a choice. But note... The, the improv concept that's there. Okay. The director should definitely be leading notes, facilitating notes. But I also think there's some value in getting input from people. So if, you know, I see like, you know, characters, there wasn't any character variability in the show. There wasn't. So I would say like, okay, our characters seem kind of weak tonight. There wasn't much variability. Can people speak to that? And then people are like, oh, I thought I was really clear, you know, being the, the hot dog salesman. Hungry. Being the, the hot dog salesman. <laughs> like, okay, um, did everybody else see the hot dog Well, oh, No, I didn't. I thought you were, you know, a calliope monkey guy. I thought you were, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the stewardess pushing down the beverage cart. You're like, oh, really? Like, yeah. Okay, great. So we need to be, what what you know, what we should we do? We should be more clear in our miming then to you know and be more physical more physical will give us more character rachel Klein also said like if you don't have a solution to the issue you shouldn't bring it up oh. you should quell on it a little more to see if you can come up with a solution so you know it's like oh that one scene where did it go what happened like i don't know what was going on in that scene we can like reference it but we probably shouldn't dive head into it because we don't know a way to fix it we should think about it and come back at the next practice I think people wouldn't mind notes because the culture at blue door has changed significantly since I've been gone for three years, but I feel at least personally, myself people wouldn't mind notes if they saw action taken on notes. I see. Because if we notice our characters were super weak on our Friday or Saturday show Wednesday, we better be practicing characters. And if Wednesday is scheduled, Oh, we're working on our format push character into that. I mean, characters are important for everything, but push character there yeah. or, or, or if edits, you know, we were weak on our edits. No one was editing. Why was that? That should be covered the next week in practice. I mean, it, if people saw that, then they would see like, Oh, things are happening. It's not just someone saying you did a bad job, Jake. It's like, Oh, Jake, something happened. The show wasn't as great as it could be together. Let's work on it next week. Yay. Yeah. You know, I think that's in my head, but again, my head is also like, I don't care if people tell me I suck. That just means yeah. I have to try harder. But I feel like if, if people saw that it's part of a mechanism and it's not just a, a high five or punch in the face session, then I think people would find more value in it. And I don't think they should take forever. Like, yeah. That's, they, they shouldn't. Um,
0: I, I really like the standard. Uh, this was the standard Joe Bill set was notes should not take. Uh, it should take half the amount of the show or less. Oh yeah, definitely less. So yeah. if if you're in a if it's a half hour show, 15 minutes of notes at most or like if you're an hour show, I couldn't imagine doing half an hour of notes yeah. after. Well, an hour
1: Safari hour. notes used to be like that, our short form show cuz every game got noted and it's like doesn't really need to. We're characters yeah. strong through the show. Great characters were awesome. You know, Or was was uh, energy energy was down. We should you know probably maybe do more pre-show warm ups. Um, the only time a game should be noted is if, hey guys, you know when you play freeze, shouting freeze helps.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, do the game, play the game. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, it so if there's happen. there's something like that, then yeah, I mean if it's if every game in Safari got screwed up somehow like. We need to work on our short form, so uh, pay attention. There'll be a special Saturday workshop that's yeah. going to work on short form, like that that kind of thing. Uh, what do you think about people in a show
0: giving notes, players in a show giving notes to other players? How should that be approached?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it falls to the director acting as a facilitator, facilitator, okay. moder- moderator. I mean, like I said, you know, at the, at the top of this, I, I like all the feedback. You know, we were all there, but... Um, there are those people who have a vendetta and, and you'll, you'll sit there and cross your fingers, hoping they don't say anything, but they probably will. And if they do, then it's your job to make sure you get in there at that point and not say negate what they're saying, but definitely tell everyone like, okay, this, you know, that's John's valid point. That's how he's feeling about it. Here's what I see as a director. Here's what we can work on it together as a group. Um, Definitely getting in there. And, I don't want to say softening softening the blow short. It's just softening the blow. Making sure that it doesn't turn into some forum troll thing. Yeah.
0: Um, I think more, you said it perfectly. I think it's John should be saying he felt away during mm -hmm. the show rather than saying that Bob should have done something during the
1: show. And then, you know, if it gets really to a point, then after notes, pull John aside. Or if you see, like, I saw this. And I wasn't in a position to do anything about it, but there was a, a player who was very upset about the roles that they were getting in in the scenes. And then somebody else said, well, you know, you can do this to take control of that. And that was it. That was all that was said. And I could still see that that player was still upset. So at that point, like, Hey, let's pull that upset pattern. Like, hey, So this is what was said, but you know, we can span it. Like, what do you think, you know, and dive more into again, it's another like, as a director, you gotta really take care of these people. Yeah. You've gotta go beyond like, oh, I show up to every practice and I schedule the shows. You gotta go beyond that. Yeah. And and I think some people just don't realize that.
0: You've been talking a lot about one on one, and I think that's very important and also highly overlooked because that's improv teams are not only, I mean, again, a group of misfits kind of mashed together, playing B10, but also constantly evolving. That's something that's been happening at the Blue Door particularly a lot is that I come back to Spokane over the past, like, four years. I would come back, you know, one or two times a year. Uh, and the troop never looked the, quite the same. There was always, I remember there was a couple times I came back and I was like, holy shit, almost everyone here I'm really not familiar with. And that was a a very jarring experience because (laughs) I came to know and love a certain cast of Blue Door members, but just as time goes on, there are going to be new people who are entering in, uh, and there's going to be old people who are leaving, so how do you keep what the Blue Door means? How do you hold the mission statement and the intent of the Blue Door with a constantly rotating cast? Or just a theater with a constantly
1: rotating cast? Eye contact Make a decision. And this is why. This is why. Okay. Okay. Eye contact shows you you're sure about what you're doing and what you're saying. Yeah. And I feel as long as that is communicated, in theory again, on paper, if it's communicated to the players, this is what this institution is about. And these are the ways we try and achieve that. If that is clear, that's one thing that helps. It's one hurdle taken off the track. Yeah. The next is supporting each other and liking each other. <laughs> you know, just, just supporting each other. It's, it's, it's down to sort of a bonding thing, you know, um, making sure there are other avenues again, besides practice and besides performing that we can be together and learn about each other more. In the past, you know, the blue door had, their their volunteer appreciation party in the summer. Their their end of season. Uh, we just go through regular calendar year. So the end of season in December volunteer appreciation party and awards. Although awards is in quotes because then it just became this sort of improvised award show, which I enjoyed, but some people don't. Um, and then uh, we had our 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 annual water gun fight because I am a water gun nut job. Yeah. So um, and those were. At least three distinct moments where everyone could get together. They could talk shop if they wanted, but no one really had to perform. No one had to do anything. We just hung out, learned about each other. Um, and then I I wasn't as good at it as I wanted to be, but only because, and this I'm sure is controversial. I find very little scripted theater I enjoy,
0: but <laughs> mark that on the yeah. timeline. Yeah, um, the whole episode is just going to be that quick. Cool. <laughs> Frank Toto. Uh,
1: for various reasons, but um, you know, we have a few players um, that get cast in scripted things and that's something they enjoy. And I unfortunately do not go to those productions as much as I should to support them and just to see that, you know, just to show that. We're invested in each other beyond this yeah. because that only helps foster trust. And trust is the most important thing to have on stage. So once that's all there, ideally, if we're all whole group that trusts each other, that makes things like notes easier to do. Mm-hmm. That makes things like reviews easier to do. That makes things like Frank wants us to do a show where we all have to be on stage and can never leave. Okay, I'll give that a shot. Yeah. You know, So... So, yeah, uh, we've got to, you know, I I mean, I, again, I don't have much experience in other theater things, but I feel in improv, we have to have those outside family bonding moments. Yeah. Um, We used to a lot. And unfortunately, it hasn't. And I, I, my own personal opinion is actually, no, I've heard from other players. They, too, have said that this seems like a detriment now. Uh, After shows, we go out to some late night restaurant and eat and just chill. Talk more about notes. Talk more about the shows. Yeah, you know, um, we don't do that anymore.
0: I remember when I was performing with the Blue Door; that was almost the f- sometimes funner than the shows. The yeah, shows would be um, a blast, and then everyone would go out. And
1: it, and it also went beyond the performing troop members; the volunteers that's a came huge thing as too. well, and that was a way for for the larger organization to bond. So now it just wasn't like you know. And I, I'll admit it, and I feel horrible saying it, but I don't know the names of our volunteers in the box office right now. And that's horrible. I know their face, kind of. Yeah. And, like, twice now, I'm like, who's that guy?
0: What's his name? <laughs>
1: like, yes. Oh, that's so... Oh, okay. All right. Great, great. But, yeah, I mean, that was a way for us. But now that kind of, like, gone away. And I don't know why it's gone away. Um, just having those things.
0: Yeah, those little things. Mm-hmm. That, and that's... I think that helps with new members coming in. Is that Exactly. You give people... That's... Because it's always daunting to enter into a new improv group and if the improv group is currently dealing with shit and you enter into it it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know if, if, if they're not bonding if the if it's they're not constantly bonding those new people are all are going to immediately have a tougher time trusting so mm-hmm. is there any other way that for especially for new people in particular because that's Improv is getting more popular, hmm. and there are more people with different perspectives that are coming into theaters more regularly. Is there a thing that you could say to artistic directors or to uh, established players that
1: will help establish the I don't know What question. I don't know was the first question. <laughs> uh, something about new people. It was how do you maintain the artistic vision, which yeah, are sure, constantly... Let's- Fluxing.
0: Lump all that into some yeah. sort of.
1: I do feel like, yeah, if it's just a bunch of people who genuinely enjoy hanging out with each other uh, and trust each other, that makes the clear artistic division laid out by the director an easier. It shouldn't be a pill as well, but an easier pill to swallow, an easier vision to to grab onto. Yeah. But if the if the vision isn't clear at all, and the director like, well, oh, we just do improv that's so nebulous and again it's the crash bandicoot play testing where you're like i don't know what i'm doing here yeah. what, what's going on oh i have to go collect those fruits okay yeah now i got something yeah. you know um so there yeah i mean that's as good an answer as i'm gonna get on that but yeah. for, for new people coming in what can a trooper director do is that your you're not yeah, well, what,
0: what can they do to make these new people feel welcome I believe it, even if you bring a single person on, the um, entire fabric of the troupe has changed with every single individual mm-hmm. that you add or remove. What are things that you can do to ensure a seamless transition of new members? Because there will always be new members, so it's something that you have to focus on. Yes.
1: Uh, something new that the Blue Door, is doing, that Blue Door is doing that I'm really jazzed about. So after auditions, what used to happen was either they would go into class... The, the, like, especially if they, on their application, like, I have no improv experience, but they just surprised us in auditions. We'd put them in the class for free. At that time, it was eight weeks of improv. So they got all that. And then they would start coming to Wednesday practices as an intern, or they would just immediately start coming to Wednesday. Like, here you go. Yeah. You know, um, but as we all know, uh, when you buy a new goldfish, you keep them in a the little bag and you put them in the tank and let them acclimate first to that water temperature before yeah. you release them. <laughs> so. One thing that Blue Door does now, um, they, they call it a boot camp, essentially. So we take all the people who've auditioned and we've taken, we put them through their own special class where they, they learn, you know, Blue Door style and, and, and all of that and, and, and improv skills and fundamentals that we focus on at Blue Door. And what that does is it creates a nice little cohort. So now you've got four or five people who've had a chance to bond in their own group. So when you do plunk them now, you open that bag and they swim out into the, the fish tank. They have each other to rely on so they don't feel so alone. The main troop now sees a new organization into the yeah. troop and doesn't be like, like, oh, look at Sally all by herself. Oh, Sally, oh, Sally. But now they're like, oh, here's five people. Who are these five people? I'm genuinely intrigued by these five people who have this, this bond between them. So that's one th- I mean, I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Uh, But definitely, you know, it's like, again, it's all pets now. When you bring that new kitten home and you've already got two sassy cats, like, yeah. you got to make sure you're like, hey, guys, look at this kitten. Yeah. This, I'm hold- I like this kitten. You should like this kitten, too. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, the director should definitely keep an eye out to make sure there isn't any sort of weird pecking order, infighting, weird stuff. Introduce them to the troop, you know. Yeah, just, just play. Make sure that those new players, again, it shouldn't go, it shouldn't be said, but it, it has to be said that they're as valuable to the troop as a player who's been with the troop for 10 years. Yeah. You chose them for a reason. You're here for a reason. Let's go. I'm a big fan of RuPaul's Drag Race and I'm sick and tired of these drag queens around. They're like, why am I here? And then another drag queen has just gone like, bitch. You just beat out ten thousand other drag queens to be on this show. <laughs> yeah. You've got something to be here. <laughs> so, we don't have ten thousand people, yeah, auditioning. But but, but again, it's like you you're here for a reason. So don't 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 pity yourself into obscurity and then self-select and disappear.
0: Has there ever been a pecking order of Blue Door? Has there ever been has that been a problem in the culture of Blue Door? Not I of when I've been there, it hasn't been. No. If there is, it hasn't been super explicit.
1: I I see some. I wouldn't call it true pecking order right it's like now. like clicky kind yeah, of Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely way more clicky yeah. than it used to be. it's just like be. a
0: small group of three people yeah. that aren't trying to, like, take over or anything like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: so... Yeah, no, I mean, we haven't hit a point of no return on Blue Door. Yeah, Thankfully. <laughs> thankfully.
0: And then something else you said, you said... Uh, so they in boot camp they learn the Blue Door style mm-hmm. I'm personally curious And this might be a difficult What
1: question. is the Blue Door style? What is the Blue Door style? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anymore <laughs> What was the Blue Door style? Blue Door, especially when I first joined Very much focused on Narrative Narrative, narrative, narrative In fact it was a joke by the other troop That was in town at the time Blue Door can't do short form Blue Door does middle form <laughs> Short form games were typically ran longer, had more of a narrative arc. Yeah. Which that's not to say short form shouldn't have a narrative arc, but it should definitely be shorter yeah. than middle form. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's definitely narrative focused. And when I I became artistic director, I did focus on narrative. But then I also looked at other things that troops were doing, and I was like, oh, you know, here's this concept. But you can use that concept to tell narrative, but it's in a different way. So let's look at that. Let's explore that. So I think it still focuses. I think the focus is still telling a story. I still think it is. But now I think boot camp is, I don't know, because I've only been to, to one boot camp class just to see what it was about. But I think it focuses more on now, like, here are the tools that we use at Blue Door. If someone comes up behind you and double taps your shoulder, that's how Blue Door initiates a swing gate. So remember that. Yep. So like that. So I think it's more like, let me give you a tour of my kitchen. Sit your house sitting for me. This is where I keep the spoons. This is where I, I, I keep the knives. I think that's majority of what, what it is. And I, I think this is all me guessing. It's less like, Blue Door is narrative. We tell stories. This is story. And I, I think there's, there's probably a storytelling component. But I, I don't think there's the override of like, oh, we just learned swing gate and Transformative Edit great let's practice some oh and let's also tell a story when we're doing it i think it's just like let's just practice this so we know how to see it
0: yeah so the style is more technical rather than yeah. substantial mm-hmm. that's a terrible word to yeah, use, yeah, right? yeah, 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 but substantive yeah, yeah. you know what i'm
2: talking about mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm.
0: is there anything that you want to talk about in terms of artistic direction that we have not covered yet mm-hmm. is there a realm of artistic direction or uh, a maybe a kernel a nugget a piece of advice for new artistic directors who have been (laughs) make eye contact make a decision don't forget to ask for help you're you're being consistent (laughs) that's that's, and so it's almost like more legitimate to just hammer these points Uh,
1: i've just now and it's 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 a notion that's challenging me is should a director perform in the shows they're directing
0: I have an opinion on this.
1: I have an opinion on this. What Uh, is your opinion? So my opinion, especially for smaller organizations like the Blue Door, you can't have an opinion. There's no way around it. It's going to happen. But I also feel if I were a player, I would trust a director more if they were in the trenches with me. I don't have a problem with them performing in a show with me could be atypical, but that's how I feel. I know personally myself as a player and as a director that I've gained knowledge from performing in a show because I would feel like, oh, I came up with the show concept. The show concept's amazing. Okay, guys, here we go. We're going to do this. Do it, do it. No, that's not working. That's not working. That's not working. That's Why aren't you guys getting it? I go in there. Oh, crap. This is hard. <laughs> no wonder no one's getting it. You know, so there's that. Um, also... To play with a with someone is to gain more knowledge about them. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a player as an example who people are like, I have a hard time playing with this person. I have such a hard time. And I'm looking and like, I could see that, I guess, because they, you know, that person does this and this and this. And so that would be hard to play. But you know, if there are ways for you to work around that. Here are these things. And then recently, you know, I would go in and play with that problem person and be like, oh, you can't do those things. No, this this is this is crap. This is what's going on with this person. <laughs> oh, I have to reformulate how to handle this situation. So I feel like there's real knowledge. Now, some people will throw up oh, a conflict of interest. That director, you know, is directing this and they're scheduling this. And, uh, yeah. That's where the policies come in. If sounds like you know Frank's putting himself at every show, and I put my availability, and I'm not being cast in the show. What is Frank doing? That person can. Either bring it up to me directly, or bring it up to one of the assistant directors, or even go as far as the board and say, hey, I'm seeing this, and I'm wondering what's going on, and now someone looks at me and goes, here's the policy, here's what's going on, what what are you doing, and that gets sauced out. It gets figured out. So I don't tear up. Now, if we were a huge organization with 50-something players, and I'm managing something as a director so many other stuff, then yeah, I probably don't have time to play, and I can do that that, you know, for Blue Door, we're so small as it is, it's going to happen. And if I were a director and to pull myself out of shows, I, I want to play a music in your face. <laughs> I, I want to play an all-on, and now I can't. And then to be told, well, that's not a thing you can't play. It. You know, We've got this show you can do, and we've got this other show you can do, the, these general shows. You can do duos, and you can do nerve damage, and you can make a special show and do a special show. So, you want me to spend all my time Training and directing Blue Door and then carve out another piece of time for my own independent troop? Like for that, free. For free. That's <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah. Me personally, if they were in the trenches with me, I would I would follow them more than if they were just some high-on voice saying, Nope, do that edit again. Nope, do that again. So that that's where I'm at. Okay. And that's and again, you know, assuming that it's not someone who's just come in and abuse their power, but if they do. That's what the policies are.
0: Yeah. Are. What, uh, I've heard the argument that it is impossible to give objective notes about a show when you're in the show. Do you have any?
1: It's hard. No. Yeah. yeah. I, when I'm in a show, I have a hard time giving notes. So I can only say what's going on with me. Yeah. That's why it's important. We have a tech crew who does our shows. What did that look like from the outside tech crew? You know, so that's where that opinion is, you know, and, and if, if you have two directors, a co-director, and another director, that other person can be in the seats looking. At yeah. It. But yeah, it, it is hard, and then again, it falls into you know, God, I had a really hard time in this show. I can't quite put my finger on it. Default to Rachel Klein's advice, then don't note it. Think about it more. Yeah. Figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know? I think
0: the most beneficial thing. At least this is just kind of me trying to chase thought, but if the if the a director is in the booth. That frees up an area of the booth for someone to be in the show mm-hmm. and is able to give objective notes. So it's because I, I don't think I've heard multiple people say that if you're directing a show, do not be in the show. You should never be in the show, and that is so hardline that it's unrealistic. And that's because their small volunteer theaters don't have that luxury. So it's just trying to find that middle ground because I think that idea comes from a legitimate like. Uh, I guess criticism, a legitimate place. It's just a hard line because I agree. Yes, yeah, if you don't, if you're not fighting on stage with the troops, then you're gonna lose. Mm-hmm. They, they don't trust you. So that's a, a weird middle ground I'm doing. There's been a lot of hand motions going on. They have been, uh, and it does not <laughs> translate to podcasts. No. I've been good about. I <laughs> doing this has made me realize how much I do air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like the it's like oh wait no this needs air I need to note that this is an air quote statement, Uh so this has been a great, great podcast. I mean, I'm you had to be on this. There's no no ifs ands and <laughs> about it, and I've always loved performing with you. No, you. It's been wonderful. Do you have any plugs? Do you have anything that you want to plug? Any?
1: Given the time traveling nature of giving, this.
0: Given, yeah. So let's just. I would say... just
1: generally plug, uh, oh, well, no, I do, I do, I do. All right. okay. well, uh, obviously, Blue Door Theater. Uh, yep. We are in Spokane, Washington.
0: Uh, the website is?
1: com. I think it's set up so that if you type in R-E or E-R for theater, it'll still take you to the same place. Nice. Of course, Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah, we do shows every weekend here. Uh, it's great. It's amazing. And then I'll also plug scared scriptless in anchorage alaska okay check out their website scaredscriptless.com and then i will also plug a free range theater on bainbridge island the little nascent troupe i hope set up is it still going still going still going they do uh, like quarterly shows because it's just it's just three of them or four of them right now i'm well four but i think it's just like three full-time uh doing it and yeah and then maybe maybe a free range theater reunion show at some indefinite point in Walla Walla, Washington that we're hoping we can get Stephen Amell to come and watch. At least I'm just hoping. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Oh, and I've had, I'm so glad I remember this. I want to end these with what is, it can be anything at all. What is one thing? What is a recommendation you have? Movie, music, lifestyle choice, anything, just one thing that you can recommend to the yeah, I'm I'm just that I don't know I've oh, meant to no. do it every single episode and this is the first time I've ever. I this. have
1: so many things to <laughs> recommend. Um, <laughs> I I have I have food recommendations. I have movie recommendations.
0: Wait, what's the most important one?
1: The Most important one. This is one they can do at home. Unfortunately, it's it's not for vegetarian. Oh, it could be, I guess. Um, so you get <laughs> those those red baron single-serve microwave pizzas that come two in a box. Okay. All right? Go, get those. Boom. 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 You get one or two good-sized pound hamburger patties. Okay. All right? Boom boom, 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 Could be any flavor of Red Baron, but you may as well just go all out. <laughs> and then... You microwave up those Red Baron pizzas or put them in the oven if you're a patient person. Mm-hmm. You grill or fry up those hamburgers and then you take the Red Baron to those pizzas and those become the hamburger bun. And you just put the burger in the middle of that. <laughs> and then you just go down on it. That's that's my recommendation. That is
0: the most Frank Tano recommendation <laughs> I could have ever hoped for. Perfect. Frank, thank you so much for thank being on the podcast. Uh, you can find more about me at jacobealexanderferk.com. There will be a Facebook page for this podcast. Probably now. <laughs> probably now. It'll probably be the Artistic Director with Jacob Alexander Ferk. Oh, this is actually something that I've been going back and forth. Sh- should the podcast name be the Artistic Director? Done. Boom. Or the artistic director with Jacob Alexander Ferg. I like the flow of the full name because I don't, I've had a, I've had an issue with Jake Ferg. It's just too, the way that I describe it to people is it's trying to be Jack Black. And it's not achieving.
1: <laughs> I think that's only you.
0: Maybe that's only <laughs> Jake. maybe it should just be with Jake Ferg. I mean, that's how
1: I, I do like the full name, though.
0: Jacob Alexander Ferg. Yeah. There's it. I feel like Alexander flows nicely between Jacob and Ferg. It's just like yeah, yeah. Nice Jacob Ferg sounds weird. Yeah, Jacob Ferg definitely sounds weird for sure.
1: Alexander Ferg sounds alright.
0: Yeah. So do you think the full the full? Yeah, it's, it's a mouthful, but it's easier to find. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. I've made my decision then. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Frank. And uh, yeah, thank you also, listening. Listeners for listening. And we are done. There was a thump in the background.
1: Yeah, there
2: was.
0: Now.